Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, and condolences, sports fans. Yeah, we only have three pro football games left. Listen, let's make the most of them, shall we? Welcome to Minus Three, presented as always by Omaha. There's Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass and sitting up in his manse looking out over show business. It's our guy. Boy, his heart must be swelled with what these Boston Bruins are doing. It really is. I keep saying it, but I'm going to say it again. We, as a sports society, are not talking enough, and I don't know what it's about. I guess people don't care that much about hockey is maybe the the short answer. Anywho, it's Kevin Hench. What's the poop? Fell in front of title game weekend. We got to get to our picks, and we're doing it all nice and tight because, like I mentioned, you're running show business over there. You have <laughs> not one but two pilots that you're working on right now. I think uh, Jules and uh, Travolta, told us all for anybody who doesn't understand what TV pilots are. They told us at the top of Pulp Fiction what that's all about. So you're quite busy is the bottom line there. We're going to pace it up for you and so that everybody can get on with their lives. But long story short or long question short, how are you, fella? Well, it's funny, you know, you mentioned as we come up to the championship games and, and then and then the big one. And obviously, you know, you and Sal and all our fat friends get a little like, this, Bad this, is friends. A, this is an emotional time for football addicts because it's like, oh boy, you know, it's like, it's your, like your mountain of cocaine is almost gone. Like you're, it's like, you're down, you're <laughs> down to your last three lines. What are you going to do? You're not going to have more cocaine till the draft. What are you going to do? But so for exactly me, exactly like that. I, well, listen, for me, I like every football season, I kind of go through this. I mean, and obviously there's so much in every football season because you have, you know, I think we all start with our team, you know, your Steelers, my Patriots, Spaghetti's Giants, like that's sort of the, that's how we go into the season. This is the most important thing to us. And then you have your fantasy team, which is a little slightly ridiculous, but can really get you through the season if your real team isn't good. And then you you have various gambling uh, leagues you might be in, you know, bets you made. And so there, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's kind of a full time job being a football fan. And so the season starts and it's like it is like that first cocktail. I mean, we were in Vegas tipping them back uh, not too long ago. And it's like it's delightful. Like that that first Moscow mule vanishes down your gullet and you're like, <laughs> it, it tasted great. Um, uh, and, and it, and it, and I feel better than I felt a minute and a half ago when it hit my lip. This is amazing. And that's how football season starts. It's just so, it's just so exciting. It, fall is coming. It's crisp. It's like this real upbeat. Then you get into the meat of the season and you're like, man, I'm really putting them away. Like I'm, I'm starting to feel a little like, wow, I watch a lot of football as, as, as my wife always points out, like every Thursday, she's like, there's a game on. I'm like, yeah, honey, how long are we going to talk about Thursday night football? Yeah. There's also a game on tonight, you know? So it's, it's, it's Sunday, Monday, Thursday for the NFL. You guys are still hardcore into the Saturday football. And now by this time of year, I definitely have that feeling like I had when we were overserved in Vegas where I'm like, Ooh, it's too much, man. I I'm, I'm, there's part of me that legitimately looks 
at all that time, I'm going to get back. You know, I, th- there'll be a hangover, but I'm like, eh, you know, dry February, dry, you know, like I'm really like looking forward to getting a bit of my life back. So that's my emotional roller coaster with football. Because I feel like it's funny. It's a little bit like um, the uh, the famous scene from, um, uh, well, see, I can't even think of the name. meaning of life. The the very fat guy who can't take one, one more bite and he takes the mint and he explodes. <laughs> I feel that way. I got to have the mint now. I think, and I'm going to get into it as we jump into our goat and goats here, and I'll defer to you and then we'll make our picks for you and let you know what's going to go down on Sunday. I'm pretty clear-eyed. By the way, spoiler alert on how this thing's going to go down. I know what the Super Bowl is going to be. I'm going to tell you what the best bets are. Hench and Spaghetti will chime in with their thoughts as well. But, of course, we have to tend to our goat and goats. And as far as that goes, you bring that up um, and the arc of the season. A couple of things that I try to remind myself and you, the listener of, in August. I've been through this, this arc Many times now in my life as a fan, as a professional fan, as a gambler and otherwise, I think the best thing to do is to not is to resist the urge to take mulligans throughout the season on your opinions. Yes, the information changes because of injury. Geno Smith emerges from nowhere. And then you do have to modify or else you're ridiculous. But for the most part. The through line, the baseline of what you thought in August, if you know at all, if you're paying attention, is probably right. So don't don't ride with the winds. Be Mike Tomlin, a steady hand. Don't uh, don't flail about for answers like the Cleveland Browns. And the thing that I think is interesting as well, and this is my this is my negative goat, is um, this thing that happens now every year around QB wins and the cynics around QB wins. And I'm pretty sure you're on my side with this one, Hench, because we've talked about Julian Edelman's Hall of Fame candidacy, and ultimately he's not going to get in. But it does have to matter that if you deliver a play, let alone, let's say, three plays that resonate through, through the generations because you won the big game, or uh, made a big play in the big game on the way to victory, it matters more than what happens in October. I don't know what what, what we talk about. And, of course, we all, I mean, from Vince Lombardi on, all the, the, the rhetoric goes that winning is the only thing that matters. And, yes, we could we could blur who's responsible for that in the 60s when running backs mattered more than quarterbacks. But... The inflection point in pro football in terms of gameplay in the Super Bowl era, the biggest moment possibly is the Mel Blunt rules installment in 1978. From then on, it becomes not a coincidence that the teams that have the best quarterbacks win the lion's share of the Super Bowls, which is ironic because the Lions themselves <laughs> never have a good enough quarterback to win the, the Super Bowl. Lion's share is so small when it comes yeah, to Yeah, we should – Maybe that's why Aaron Rodgers got those two lions on his forearm. I don't know what's in that weirdo's head, but I'm telling you, I don't know what's in the heads of the weirdos who pound the table. QB wins. If Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't make him better. It doesn't make him a better quarterback. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's how it's going to be remembered. Who throws the ball better? Oh, and well, Patrick Mahomes is hurt. That only matters to that fan base. The people. Will bellyache, 
and pointed that in Kansas City for the next 50 years if the if the Chiefs lose this game to the Bungles. But if they lose back-to-back games in Arrowhead, that wa- the, all that is a minor concern to the football community at large. People will not say, yeah, but you got to grade it on a curve because Mahomes' ankle and all of that kind of stuff. Nope, that's not what people will remember. The conversation will be, whether you like it or not, Joe Burrow, much like Joe Montana and Tom Brady, are not as physically gifted as some of the guys, some of their peers, but they won more. And who do we celebrate now? The guys that won. What are we talking about that QB wins don't matter? They're, they ain't everything. They're the only thing. I, I don't get what we're even talking about. So, 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 though, so thumbs I, well, down. I just said, I have not recovered. I have not recovered from two and a half minutes ago where you're like, um, the receiver with the second most receptions and the second most receiving yards in playoff history and a Super Bowl MVP and a signature play in the Super Bowl that led to the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, not going to the Hall of Fame. Like you just laid out all this criteria that says, obviously, Julian Edelman belongs in the Hall of Fame. And then you go, not going to the Hall of Fame. So uh, we we agree to disagree on that part. I, I, I maybe he will. But I, I'm assessing, listen, the people who are the curmudgeons about QB wins are the same people um, who have a Hall of Fame vote. That's what, that's well, what I'm, okay. I'm not, that's I'm not good, taking. That's I'm not talking about whether he deserves we, it. As we power through this, this, this rapid uh, uh, pod, that's a good segue to my Goats. Well, that was my bad goat. I just gave you my bad okay. goat. My All good right, so- goats are Joe Burrow for doing what he's doing. As we predicted, he would. He's nails. I should hate him as a Steelers fan. I can't help it, man. That guy. That guy's the real deal. Um, two, the Boston Bruins. Look at my empathy. I get no joy from these. But uh, but uh, but but you know what? A man steps up and 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 uh, what's right is right. And I'm tipping my hat to you. Chris Letang, great comeback, overtime winner. That was a nice story. And Jimmy Kimmel, a shout out to him on the anniversary of 20 years. I mean, it was the the Buccaneers and Raiders Super Bowl that um, that night, that Sunday night, Warren Sapp leaves the field, jumps on a helicopter, um, is shuttled up the coastline to Hollywood High School's football field right next to the studio. And Kimmel walks in um, to the studio through the people. And it was a crazy, I, I was standing there and I was, uh, I was nervous. I, I couldn't believe I was uh, Jimmy Kimmel walked by me on national TV to start his late night TV show. He walked by me and I was nervous as a bystander. I remember thinking like, I, I can't imagine being self-possessed enough to walk through hundreds of people onto the stage that bears my name. Now that was crazy stuff, but what matters most with Jimmy Kimmel is it's sort of like, um, you know, when they say, Oh, he's a great rebounder. He's a great defender. It's all about effort. That's not talent. That's, that's just pure effort. Jimmy Kimmel is a mensch to all. And that's the message. It's an, it, it takes little effort to be nice versus being mean. He is consistently nice. He embraces everybody who spent six minutes in his shows, in his orbit. He is decent and good and makes everybody feel like a member of the family. So I hail him for that. And not the small, small matter of a late night show for 20 years. Sweet Jesus. It's crazy. All right. So there you go. Uh, Hench, take it away. It, well, it's funny because obviously, um, 
you know, with the various parts breaking and and underage members of entourages throwing up in the audience, I don't think we thought we were going to last 20 weeks when that show started. But uh, uh, yeah, tip of the cap to Mr. Kimmel. I had to walk to I had to do the mash uh, Hawkeye Pierce duck under the helicopter blades to welcome Warren Sapp. Is that uh, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. I had to go meet him on the on the field at Hollywood High and be like, you know, thank you so much. I had to make sure he had fat burger. It had to be fat burger de- waiting for him when he got off the helicopter. <laughs> and then and then like, you know, kind of a prick. Like it was weird. Like I was like, like not like, wow, if you're not in a good mood now, you're never in a good mood. Like you just won the Super Bowl and you're you're annoyed. You're annoyed. Now, listen, I would never I wouldn't get on a helicopter if if there was a hundred million dollars waiting for me at the landing site. So maybe he was a little rattled. But I remember because we were all so nervous Then obviously he's kind of terrifying anyway. And you're like, oh, OK, he's he's complaining. I uh, hope this segment goes OK. Uh, hope the fat burgers. Not Saperstein cold. Saperstein is uh, is an old pal of mine. And um, he, by the way, I've I've laughed with him. And there's a picture somewhere in the halls of JKL of the original um, cue card that uh, that the announcer, whoever it was that night, read. And Warren Sapp's name is spelled wrong, which is a which is a great start to the thing. It's SAP is all is all it says up there. I always have wondered about that. Um, I would be a little bummed too. If I were him, I mean, yeah, it sounds cool. Like, oh, you're going to go on the first late no, night. I, like, definitely I don't know. Like, I got to leave San Diego now. Like all the guys we're celebrating here. It's not going to fly up. He, I, I kind of get where it. his head would be. He had that. to regret it. Of course. Of course. Hey, Warren Sapp, Coldplay's playing. Like, <laughs> I don't know if Sapp yeah. cared about Coldplay. You thought you were going to party with Michael Pittman and Brad Johnson? No. <laughs> you're partying with Chris Martin. What? How'd this happen? Anyway, um, continue. So, all right. So. Good goats, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, a lot's been been said about Mahomes and I'll definitely give him an honorable mention because we've all rolled our ankle. Like you can't play sports, you know, recreationally, intramural, softball leagues, soccer, whatever you play. If you play long enough, you've rolled your ankle. It's the idea of playing tackle football. Like it's just insane when you think about that is the number one dream I have that jerks me awake, rolling my ankle. Like I have, I still have dreams where I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, we're back on the blue top. You're cheating. And then I roll my ankle and, and, and I wake up. <laughs> and and so, so the idea that Mahomes went in the back, they did whatever they had to do. Then he went back out, you know, the two plays, the scramble on the high ankle sprain for a first down and the and the jump pass to uh, uh, Valdez Scantling, like you know, you you talk about um, the biography and the moments. Like I think we're all going to agree on how this game is going to go against Burrow. But if somehow it goes the other way, I mean that is legendary stuff. You know, uh, shoot me up, do whatever you have to do to get me back out there, and then he comes through. Now we all know if if Agnew. We, do, we, we know we talk about non-contact injuries, how horrible it is when the guy goes down in, in empty space. The non-contact fumble for a return man. I mean, the Jaguars were going to win that game. They were going to win the game. And uh, he's, he he drops the ball before anyone touches him. Uh, it was just, <laughs> I that, feel, was, that really does. 
the people always talk about the humanity and can you separate it as a fan? That is maybe the singular moment that you're what you're getting at there is when your guy. Like you can see like, oh man, he really hurt his knee and there's no one near him and that's going to be bad and that rehab's going to be terrible and you understand all that in about a tenth of a second. But when when the pain is so severe that he kind of like flings the ball in the air. You know who did that? Doug Williams did that in his heroic Super Bowl. Right before that, he goes down weird. Do you remember that against the Broncos? He goes down weird and he kind of like, as he's going down, his knee gets bent back and he throws the football in the air. Like, I talk about talk about an inflection point. If that's a loose ball, the Broncos get it. They go on to win the game. Doug Williams is not a Super Bowl hero. He's a goat for all the time. Like, hey, 17, we understand you're hurt. Why'd you throw the ball in the air, though, man? Just hold on to that. And and meanwhile, Mahomes is running on a high ankle sprain. So honorable mention to Mahomes. But my goat, my my my, my actual goat, and Sal and I were kind of arguing about this on text. Like, Everyone was talking about Chad Henney, Chad Henney. And it sounds like Pacheco had a 40-yard run. Like, why are we talking about Henney? It's like, I don't care. He did not think he was going to play in this game. And he engineered a 98-yard touchdown drive. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't care who did what. I don't care how short the passes were. I don't like, that is ridiculous when you you think, like, there's no chance I'm going to play in this game. And if I do play in this game, it's, it's terrible for the team to do what Chad Henney did after coming in against the Browns several years ago uh, and doing, you know, third and 14, he scrambles for 13 yards and then completes the out to Tyree kill to seal the victory that, you know, on the way to the Super Bowl, they lose that year in the Super Bowl, but it's like, wow, Chad Henney, first of all, nobody thinks Chad Henney is Don Strzok. Like not, a, you know, this guy, you're not, there's not much of a drop off. Everyone's like, there's a massive drop off. And yet now twice in playoff games, this guy has come in and overperformed. I mean, imagine like what your body feels like you stretch, you get loose, and then you go back, you know, to the headset and the clipboard, whatever. You're like, I'm not, you're, you're not going to play. There's no way you're going to play. We need to put the, we need to put the definitive list of um, iconic backup moments in football, maybe even sports history. Like when the goalie, you know, is the trainer guy or whatever that guy was who played the for in the NHL game. I mean, in history, Nick Foles is an enduring backup, obviously. S same as Jeff Hostetler, that category. Chad Henney, Spaghetti's never even heard of Don Strzok or people his age probably mostly haven't heard of Don Strzok. Mike Kruzek, Took pivotal snaps in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl ten after Bradshaw got hurt. We need to figure out who are those guys that well, that Frank things Reich, kind of swung real Frank, ugly. Yeah, <laughs> Frank Reich. Frank Reich's the top of that list, right? I mean, Frank, Frank Reich, Reich yes, yes, is yes, number right. one. That that game literally could have been seventy to three. Like, like, and 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 it went away. That's a good list for uh, for us. Okay. Now I'm going to go to bad goat. Now, and I know that that we've talked to we talked to our fans in Vegas, and and I have been remiss. Obviously, so much football going on. We're trying to do good goat, bad goat. We're trying to do our picks. We're trying to get in and out a little faster. So I've been remiss. I have not um, taken the opportunity to remind our listeners how abjectly evil the golfers who want to play on the Live Tour are. Like, so when I when I saw the headline about 
Rory McIlroy snubbing Patrick Reed. I was like, oh, let me read this story. And like, it just reminded me of just what scumbags these guys are. Patrick Reed's filed a defamation suit against Rory McIlroy. You defamed yourself, Patrick Reed. You, you, you are, you know, and I don't even like people go, like, oh, here goes Hench. Here he goes getting political. I have no, I just genuinely do not understand how this is political. Okay. You have, uh, you've grown up in America uh, the American free market capitalist system has made you spectacularly rich for hitting a golf ball. Now you could continue to contribute your skills, your energy to the American dream, to the American experiment. We can keep this thing going on forever. Like it's America. It's it's the beacon on the hill. It's Alexis de Tocqueville. America is great because America is good. And Patrick Reed and these scumbags are like, no. I'd rather give my energy to to this totalitarian scumbag over here. Uh, thanks, America. F off. And I literally, I do not understand how this is political. I on the American political spectrum, the furthest right wing, nativist, patriotic Republican should be like, F those guys, F those guys for saddling up with the, the country from which 19 of the 20 hijackers came, like Sean Hannity should be in a rage about these anti-American golfers. That's that end of the political spectrum. Then you get all the way down to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she should be like, with all those human rights abuses, the way they treat women, like nobody on the American political spectrum should be in favor of evil scumbags like Patrick Reed taking money from Mohammed Bonsaw, man. So I, I'm li- I'm just, I'm baffled. I'm baffled that, that, that there's more than one of these scumbags who's willing to do it that they just want to wallow in the blood money is insane to me. And, I, and I'll give you a, a good example of how, how far out of the moral mainstream these awful, awful, awful human beings are. Okay, my former agency, WME, uh, had a great run with them, you know, literally, you know, grateful for e- eternity for, for launching my career. Ari Emanuel, who runs that agency, he had $400 million invested from the from the Saudi wealth fund. Like they, they're like, hey, here's $400 million, you know, and he and 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 then the and then the Jamal Khashoggi thing happened. And he's like, I got to give that money back. I got to give that money back. I can't I can't I can't have this $400 million as part of my empire because you killed Jamal Khashoggi. OK, that is that's a Hollywood talent agent. So. I mean, we can talk about very, you know, moral compass and you know, what are your ethics, but like our Emmanuel is like, that's a no-go. That is a no-go. This guy. Patrick Reed and his clan are going after the fact. The, the Jamal Khashoggi thing's already happened. And they're like, yeah, that seems good. That's not, I'll get in business with him now. So Kudos to Rory McIlroy for not shaking that guy's hand or not saying hi or whatever happened on on the driving range. It's like, yeah, you're lucky he didn't take a driver to your head. Like you are you are everything that's wrong in the world, Saudi Arabia, and you are fighting against what is good and right, which is the American experiment, the American dream, the Commonwealth of America. So Patrick Reed gets my bad goat for the week. Sorry that it's been a couple months since I've been reminded of how much I hate <laughs> those guys. Um, I, I genuinely, I don't, I don't understand 
why every single person who talks about sports doesn't talk about these guys the way I just did. I don't know what the argument is. I don't like it is just that money is evil. You're evil if you take it. Again, if you can only feed your family, if you take that money, I get it. But if you're already rich, I agree. It's it, what, the reason people don't bring it up is should be fairly obvious to you. You're a smart guy. It is um, the 21st century social media driven narcissism. You're going to get unfollowed by a percentage of people and people will threaten you. You're going to lose me as an audience member if you keep this up. It's a state, you know, you're allowed to have opinions. And the opinion of those people or the rationalization of Patrick Reed and Phil Mickelson and everything else is that. The live tour is leverage. That's what they should start calling the leverage tour because it allows them to push back at the man that is the PGA tour because they feel like they haven't gotten enough money. Okay, I can get that rationalization, but it's pretty tepid. It's pretty pale when you consider what you just went through, the the human rights violations and all that. So, okay, I'm with you on that. And uh, is that it for you, Hench? Did you do, you Those didn't do good, good yet. Yeah, you, you know, did good I, and bad. Hey, who, else, who else is going to put, Chad Henney and Patrick Reed in the same segment. <laughs> they both have inflated heads. They have that much in common and they're professional athletes. Eddie Spaghetti, speaking of inflated heads, I'm sorry, that was unnecessary. I have an inflated head. Not you, not you. It's me with the with the big Roethlisberger, Ted Kennedy, John Travolta inflated head. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Have you been betting with Caesar Sportsbook and Casino app? If so, good job. Keep it up because every bet earns with Caesar's rewards. That means win or lose, you're getting closer to amazing perks like game tickets, free stays, bonuses, and more. And if not, well, when you do get started, your first bet is on Caesars. Register with promo code Omaha Full and place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, congratulations. If you don't, you'll get your stake back as a free bet. 21 and over. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit $1,250. Must be used within 14 days of receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles see caesars.com slash promos for full terms void where prohibited know when to stop before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800 next step colorado wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas crossing casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9 with it. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Go ahead, Spaghetti. Goat and goat. Okay, I'll... I'll... I'll start with my good go because I think our bad go will have a little bit lengthier of a convo. And this is kind of a hard left turn from the usual sports topics around this time. But uh, I'm sure you guys are seeing that load management in the NBA is kind of flaring up again. People are getting a little uh. angry about the stars that are sitting down. Obviously, the, the NBA is a, le- a star driven league and your stars aren't playing. But there was two examples of, of good goat behavior that I want to call out. Uh, number one. Jimmy Butler apparently yesterday was, um, I guess, scratching the lineup like an hour or so before the game tipped off. So he got hurt in pregame, most likely. There was a, a family there in the the Miami Heat game who traveled like 4,500 miles as Jim, Jimmy Butler played. The, the little kids had a sign up saying, like, Jimmy Butler, we travel, we want to see you play. And TNT captures the moment when they announce that Jimmy Butler is not playing. The kid looks devastated. Long story short, at the end of the game, Jimmy Butler sees this and and he comes out there and he hangs the family. He signs stuff, takes pictures. Good on you, Jimmy Butler, for doing that. It, it's the league's in a, in a rough patch right now where stars are missing every other game. Um, so oh, I didn't know you, this story would end with <laughs> Shannon Sharp coming out and beating up Jimmy Butler or something like no, that. No, I, I got to give yeah. uh, okay. I got to give Butler props there. And the other part of the good go also at the NBA, a guy that de- definitely does not really follow these uh these rules of load management and, and a guy that did not want to team up with those superstars damian lillard dropping uh 60 points on 29 shots uh he's just a guy that i respect around the league a guy that obviously obviously as a knicks fan would love him on my team but uh he wants to stay in portland he wants to do it his way does not uh sit down for certain games like he's just always playing and uh he's a guy that's almost underrated in this uh, era of mega stars in the NBA. And he's a guy that just does not want to do the the whole team up thing. And I, I love him for that. So uh, I guess the NBA in, in a rough patch had two bright spots last night. So shout out Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard. You get my good goat. Now, bad goat, I'm going to go into the NFL here. And, and again, this is something that I think is going to eventually happen in the NFL, which really, really stinks. Um, neutral site title games. And no! uh, yeah. And um, the league wants to make more money. Uh, obviously, the league wants to name these, make it kind of like a college football bowl aspect. Uh, this is it's so bad for a number of reasons. Now, the reason why the NFL wants to do it, and we've seen the trend of when a new stadium is built, Minnesota, I'm trying to think Detroit, yada, yada, yada. You put a Super Bowl there in these normally not Super Bowl climate type places. With the uh, availability of having two extra bowl games, you could put those games there so that you have, you know, the Chiefs and the Bengals playing in Detroit or the Chiefs and Bengals playing in Atlanta or the Chiefs and Bengals playing in Minnesota, what have you. Um, I understand that aspect, but I, I just think it's just so brutal for these diehard fans who are paying for the tickets. You're paying probably for PSLs, the public seating licenses as well. And you're waiting all these years to see your team play in a, in a meaningful game. And what really is your Super Bowl? Because 
the Super Bowl is no longer for the casual fan, it's just for the the corporate, uh, the suits there. And and there's just no no way a regular person, a blue collar person, could afford a ticket and travel to the Super Bowl. So seeing your team win the title game is basically that, and you get the home field advantage, which you'll lose in these neutral side games. And I, I get the NFL is a, a mega business; it's one of the most powerful entities in the world. And uh, to to transition into this and make it even more corporate, more bland, is just so infuriating. That's and, exactly uh, right. I think it's going to come to that. Yeah, you're exact. Well, listen, you're exactly right, and it kind of ties back to what uh, Hench was just talking about with the with the multi millionaire golfers. Like, you know, I I I get it. You know, somebody once said this to me, and I'm like uh, about Howard Stern, and I'm like. Is it that big a difference money-wise to stay in terrestrial radio versus satellite? Like, he's already has to have $50 million. And somebody said to me, like, would you rather have $50 million or $500 million? Because there's a lot more juice. So, you know, it's the same thing as players who hold out, like, ah, that guy, he gets $8 million uh, to play a sport or whatever. Like, yeah, but if he gets to you know, half a billion, a billion dollars, you Michael Jordan and and guys like that. Now you have some real leverage to get at the ownership level. I get all that much more than I get already billionaires making more money. They they don't need the extra loot to do it. And I know why you could trickle it down to the NFLPA and all of that. But at what cost? The cost, the visceral joy of a title game. The journey over the destination, the title game, surrounded by 65,000 people like-minded around same experiences when you're gathered around the dice table in Vegas and everybody's rooting for for the eight to come up before the seven. Same thing, but 65,000 people rooting for the same thing. I have been to both title games and the Super Bowls. Trust me, so long as title games exist and you only have a choice between one or the other, go to the title game. That's where it's at. The journey to the big moment is better, and it's all going to suck if they make these all neutral site dome games. It, it, oh, it, it's terrible. It's gross. It, I mean, it's it's inexplicable. The so far, what's come out of the league about like, well, it'll help us set up for to to test Super Bowl sites for the future and everything else. Like, your to your point, spaghetti. People pay. There are people who get to a certain level if your team makes the playoffs regularly there are a lot of people i know who are like i don't need to go to that october game i hold on to the season tickets for the playoff run in case we have one because i want to be there you're going to take that away i i hope that the football gods frown on this to the degree that that people just start dropping their season tickets as punishment to them well patrick reed thinks it's a great idea i guarantee you (laughs) Uh, all right make punish americans and make more money that's a great idea. What the um, hell? Why would it, why, what the hell? What what is the, what's the, way the that thought of this? Super Bowl, like, you know, that Super Bowl, it, that low corporate hum, like a, the sound of a Super Bowl, like it's sort of muted. Like it's, yes. it's never like they're not going to get the snap off. The lineman cannot hear him. It's just kind of like people are talking to the person next to them. Like it's like, do you, hey, who do you who are you rooting for? Oh, I don't follow either of these teams. Or I was at Super Bowl forty, with the Steelers and Seahawks. Obviously, I'm on the edge of my seat, hoping for the black and gold to finally return. Can there please be a 10th terrible call against the Seahawks? That's you're on the edge of your seat. Oh, Seahawks get screwed again. Grow up. Edge of your seat. 
the the worst thing about it was that for all of time, when I think of that Super Bowl, I, it, it goes along with those weird sea foam shiny uniforms the Seahawks wore. wore, wore. Those suck. That was the worst part of that. You don't Super think Bowl. about Seven's uh, 22.6 QB rating? No, I don't. No, I that. don't, because I'm too busy basking in the glow of the three playoff games that preceded it that launched the the Steelers to Super Bowl 40. Um, but yeah, I remember the guy like there were people literally, you know, best seats in the house right at the 50. Jimmy Kimmel, the mensch, gave me his tickets because he had a show to do that night. He's like, ah, you go see the game with tall John, the Seahawks fan. So we were right there around, surrounded by celebrities. But right in front of us, there were these corporate mooks literally with the Super Bowl T-shirt, the best T-shirt, you know, the Rob Lowe NFL hat. The same move for that is the guy who's the guys who show up in their suits literally have the tie on, but they take the jacket off and they get the Super Bowl T-shirt that is not for either the Seahawks or the Steelers, but both. It's honoring the event. It's the one with the two helmets on like. What the hell, man? Pick a side at least, would you? But they pull that T-shirt over the 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 buttoned down shirt with the tie still on. They pull out, and literally, the one guy is talking to the other guy. I, and twice during the game, they're like, "Want to hit the bar?" Like, yeah, let's let's go hit the, the exactly the Super Bowl. <laughs> that captures one it. guy. The one guy is asking the other guy, like, "Why are they all chasing the ball on a punt? Like they're trying to down it inside the five? Like, why are they doing that? Like." There has to be a minimum standard for you to attend the game, and you don't meet it, pal. Beat it. Give that ticket to somebody who who gives a good goddamn about the Seahawks or the Steelers or football. How about that is the minimum standard? Get out of the joint, and that's I'm, what uh, that's what we're gonna do. NFL shame. I'm up. obviously against like literary literacy tests and and poll taxes to let people vote, but I'm all for a football literacy test to get into the Super Bowl. Just five questions. You know, it doesn't like, have to be super extreme. Like you don't have to know who Ouija Thompson oh, is, but great. you better know you who know, Heinz you know, Ward is. Yeah, you, you don't have to know who Don Strock is, but you have to know the two starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. You know, it's five questions, and then people without tickets can come up and answer them and stand off to the side. Mm. And then ticketed corporate jackasses like the guy sitting near you, they come up, they fail it hand your tickets to these these kids over here they 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 went five for five on the football literacy test yeah so to add two more versions of that stupid thing while there are chiefs season ticket holders who will go live and die for three hours is insane so spaghetti's right it'll probably happen all right let's pick these games let's do it let's get into it i say it's sad we can ignore the reality or we could lean into it Two games. That's all we got. And then we have the big corporate event two weeks later. Let's focus on the here and now or almost here and now. San Francisco 49ers. Philadelphia Eagles home team laying two and a half total on this one. 46 hurts. Purdy. Hench. It's so funny. Early on, you were you were saying, I think you were talking about Geno Smith. And you're like, you know, at a certain point, what you said in August you have to like, you have to adjust. Like you're like, okay, you know, they're apparently they're not going to go three and 14 with Geno Smith. You just have to eat it. Say we were wrong. We were wrong about Geno Smith. Um, While you were saying that, I was like, when are we going to admit that for the two months that we've been saying, like, obviously this Brock Purdy thing's got to go off the rails. And so I mean, literally every week we're like, well, this is, you know, Micah Parsons. There's no way, you know, like every week we've been, I mean, I picked the Cowboys, took the points. Um, and so 
I'm going <laughs> to, this is the week. This is the week that the, that the wheels come off the Brock Purdy. I've been saying it for months. This is the week. Now I have the Niners uh, plus 625 to win the NFC. So I have a nice cushion here that I can hedge against, but um, I, I don't think we're going to differ, which is fine on, on any of these picks. Uh, the, mm. the, the Niners, I feel like showed limitations against the Cowboys that that made you feel like the juggernaut can be slowed. And obviously the Eagles showed zero limitations against the Giants. Like, I, I mean, everything worked. Hertz is such a special player. Um, he presents so many problems. So I I'm going to lay those two and a half hedge heavily against my plus 625. Um, I, I just, I think um, the Eagles are better at quarterback. And and Purdy, in that game against the Cowboys, you saw it, right? He had like three to five plays where he was trying to make that rookie mistake. Like he was, he you know, obviously before the half, and I don't know what Shanahan was doing. Like, hey, Shanahan, you can leave four seconds on the clock. They're not going to, what's going to happen? They're not, they can't move the ball against your defense. Do you think they're going to get into field goal range in four seconds? Like feel free to not run that additional time. And then Purdy starts scrambling and looking. You're like, he's going to run the clock out. And then, you know, the timer, the timer's like, I'm going to, I'm going to put my finger on the button. Could make a case. And they say that's an objective guy. It used to be, you know, home cooking on that thing, but they say it's, they put in a, uh, a third party guy in that seat so that who doesn't was, have a Niners rooting interest. That, that was, that was a little close. That basically was a rookie mistake, but he got away with it. Mm-hmm. Then there was another one and they did, they ran this play a couple times, naked boot to the side of the field. Micah Parsons is on like the design, the play design is like, I'm going to roll against my body toward Micah Parsons. You're like, this seems insane. I guess it's counterintuitive, and and the second time they ran it, Purdy went backwards. He 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 like he's like, uh oh, I should turn my back to the line of scrimmage and run backwards. And he and then he threw a lollipop down the sideline that was incomplete. But it was like, oh, he made two huge rookie mistakes on this play at the edge of field goal range. And you know, but he got away with all of it. Eagles defense is fast, um, and I just think. The rookie mistakes that he got away with against the Cowboys, he doesn't get away with against the Eagles. And I don't, I mean, look, Niners defense is fantastic, but I, the Eagles present so many problems. And the X factor is, oh, this freight train can just take off anytime he wants, even if you've taken everything else away and it's third and eight and you've, you've plastered to every receiver and they got a first down anyway. So that's my pick, Eagles. I'm I'm staying away. I mean, I if I have to pick on the total, I'll go under because of those two defenses at 46. Um, but that's a stay away for me. The main event is the spread. Yes, I'm comfortably laying the two and a half for the Eagles. You know, in practical football terms, it seems to me that the Niners go on offense with their run game. And that's going to be hard to get off against the Eagles. So that then means that Brock Purdy has to have success on early downs, throwing the ball. And that's a big spot you're putting the rookie into to succeed on those. Now you can put 
you can mix up the Eagles defense a little bit with success early on Purdy throwing the ball in first and second down, but short of him thriving there, I, 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 you know, the Eagles defense is my, I mean, the, uh, the Niners defense is mighty too. The difference is that Jalen hurts has all season long, be able to confuse defenses by the mesh, is he going to give it to the runner? Is he going to be the runner or is he going to throw it? And he has two levels of pass catchers on the other side to catch it. That's why this has been a season long mind bender for defenses to, to, to try and stop the Eagles. Curse is supposed to sure on the side of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. They're supposed to win this game, but I don't get a vibe that that they feel like prohibitive favorites. And like, of course, I'm Jalen Hurts and that's Brock Purdy. It doesn't have that vibe like it did to me last week. Like, ooh, this would be bad, Dak, Pre Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys if you lose to this guy in this spot. It has a different vibe to it to me. It all adds up to the Eagles emerging victorious and going to the Super Bowl. Spaghetti. And well, just real quick, because <laughs> I, I missed another rookie mistake, you know, the big one. Uh, and I'll just say that if, if, uh, Darius Slay has the same opportunity to catch the gentle floater that Trevon Diggs dropped for the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to win that game. Cowboys are going to win if Pollard doesn't break his leg or if Diggs picks that ball off, Cowboys win that game. And so uh, <laughs> those are three rookie mistakes that he made and got away with. And uh, that's just not going to happen against I mean, I, 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 by the way, I'm sorry, Spaghetti. Uh, to, to reiterate basically what I just said is you know, all the talk about Kyle Shanahan puts these guys in great spots and he can make any QB go and the defense is mighty. And that's the main, uh, the main thing and all of that. But if I'm right, that this game has to be about Purdy, then I just think that's too big for any kid. And that's why I'm taking the home team that, that, you know, it's as simple as that. The Kyle Shanahan factor obviously looms large in this one, but I really do feel like the Eagles are going to be able to turn this into a referendum on Brock Purdy in a big spot. And that will lead to victory. He doesn't have to, be, I don't mean he's going to uh, fall on his face or anything like that, but he's going to not carry the day for the Niners and get them to the Super Bowl. That's basically the standard. I think if you're the Philly defense here and now a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Spaghetti, go.
So I think if this is a, a blowout or or more than a one score margin, I think that means the Eagles win this game. I think they have the ability to to blow this uh, one open, even against that Niners defense. Now, if this is a close game, I think the 49ers win. And I think the play here is taking the Niners with the points on the road. So um, I guess I'll, I'll Tarantino this and work from the, the back forward. I, I'm going to go Niners win this 23-21. They stop a late drive from the Eagles uh, and hold on for the victory here. And the reasoning is, um, you know, the Giants defense had, I believe, six guys that were on practice squads of other teams when the season started, like Jared Davis, Jalen Smith, Fabian Moreau, um, uh, Tony Jefferson, Landon Collins. Like, like these guys were not on the Giants roster and they were playing defense. They were playing significant snaps for the Giants. I not take away from what the Eagles did, but they will not be able to do what they did against the Niners, what they did against the Giants. And uh, the one match of the Giants did win, Adoree Jackson on A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was completely shut out, and he's already yapping his mouth, and he's kind of getting upset about stuff. And I just think the Niners' defense, with their linebacking core being as great as it is, Jalen Hurts' ability to run will be limited. And I think the the Nick Bosa on Lane Johnson matchup is going to be very interesting. Lane Johnson was grabbing his midsection all game long versus the Giants and like kind of coming in, coming out. I think obviously he needs surgery. He's he's still pretty banged up. So I I think the Niners defense will will do a number versus the Eagles. I also think with the with the Purdy thing, like, yeah, NFL, this doesn't really happen where you go undefeated for long stretches, and he he almost is due, I think, for a loss, but I somehow think that Cowboys game was kind of like when Georgia had that that kind of sloppy game versus Ohio State almost lost that, and then they rebounded massively in the next game. I kind of think that that's what it was for the Niners. They they cut it kind of close. They'll work out some kinks. Uh, obviously, McCaffrey dealing with the calf injury a little bit, like, but Elijah Mitchell picked up the the, the slack there. Uh, I think they'll do some exotic. He's you know, hurt too, though. Well, I, yeah, but I, I still think that like he ran great. I mean, I mean, McCaffrey, they, they said they're going to be fine for the game. I think having the ability to to do some gadget plays with Ayuk and with Debo is going to throw the Eagles for a loop. And uh, I do like trust them uh, on offense to get it done in a close one. So uh, I just think that the combination of those things and and I need to see Jalen Hurts really pass the ball. I'm just not sure if it's feasible. This this defense like they give up 16 points per game, which is the lowest total since like 2011, 2012. It's pretty remarkable. So I, I'm going to slide with defense here. I think the Niners win a close one, uh, and I like them getting the two and a half. But like I said, if there's a blowout, if it's going to be one way or the other, I think it's probably going to be the Eagle side. I okay. agree with that. Well, 26 say- 19, since you said uh, you, you did put it in the rundown, Eddie Spaghetti, to give uh, our yeah, right. 26 19. I'll, uh, I'll say, um, I'll say 30 17, so it goes over. Um, and But, uh, Spaghetti, let me ask you this, because like I hear what you're saying about those practice squad players, but that. That Giants defensive line is legitimate. And the Eagles looked like they were playing Cornell. It looked like they were playing guys who were not on scholarship. There was, they obliterated the the defensive line of the Giants. So obviously, Bosa, you're moving up in class a little bit. And and, and with Warner and Greenlaw behind them, maybe the the D-line, you know, your advantage won't, won't be as obvious. But like, I don't know, like, is there has there ever just been a perfect score for an offensive line? Did anybody whiff the whole game? Like it was it was pretty remarkable. So um, but I'm glad you're uh, I'm glad you're out there on an island. Makes it more interesting. OK, I, hey, I do love I do love I do love that. I, well, I hate when people call football a chess match because it's a football game, not a chess match. But it, it is with these two offenses and the way they play and these two defenses. 
how the two coaches see fit to try and stress the the other defenses. Really, I can't wait for this one. And by the way, I can't wait for the second one either. These both should be juicy. And we are, as football fans, rewarded by the football guys. We can't have a bad Super Bowl. That's the great news here because we have four really good teams here. As Sal said, maybe the four best in all of pro football. So just to serve there, let's turn our gaze to the AFC title game. Arrowhead. Once again, deja vu, Mahomes hosting Burrow, trying to make right Mahomes and Reed and the rest of that team after the inexplicable second half flameout against the very same Bungles. It's time to make it right or for Joe Burrow to ascend above uh, Patrick Mahomes as the guy who is the toughest to beat in a conference that includes Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kenny Pickett, and all the rest of them. That's right. I said Kenny Pickett. All right, Hedge, here we go. Bungles. Now so, pick them with Mahomes on caught on video, unless that was DeMar Hamlin's double. We aren't sure. But Patrick Mahomes on the field at a podium, walking around and looking relatively nimble. Total 47. Hench, choose. Okay, so, you know, we, we remember that game where the Chiefs, you know, got out to their lead and and then did all that bizarre, sweet Georgia Brown nonsense at the goal line you know, where it's like, are, are you so comfortable? You're, you're effing around at the goal line in the first half. What they threw the ball to Ty- Tyreek Hill behind the line of scrimmage. Like it was like, right. I mean, they definitely gave up three points for sure. And at the time we were like, what difference does it make? You know, who, who cares? You know, it's like they're, they're doing their thing. And this Bengals team, like Zach Taylor has just instilled some, crazy belief like it doesn't matter where we go uh you know it's us against the world and that comeback was surprising and impressive and but now the Bengals are better than the Chiefs that the Bengals are better than the Chiefs so if when the Bengals beat the Chiefs this Sunday it's not a surprise they are not going to shock the world they're just a team that is super comfortable as they showed in just blowing out the bills. I mean, the bills game was non-competitive. The the Burrow did whatever he wanted. And, you know, obviously, if, you know, if the Jamar Chase catch isn't overruled, my dogs, uh, that game's not close. You know, they just kind of pull away. But, but so I think uh, uh, Burrow beats Mahomes again. And uh, it's a Bengals uh, hurts Eagles Super Bowl. Give me Iron Man. Give me Joe Burrow. Give me the bungles. It gives me no glee to say they're going back to the Super Bowl again, but they're going back to the Super Bowl again. I'm taking them in the pick them. And if it slides, if the Chiefs wind up kicking this off, this line has obviously been all over the place because of Mahomes' ankle, but maybe it'll go up. Maybe the home team will wind up laying a point or two, even if, if the news remains positive for Mahomes, or maybe the Bengals will slide back as the favorite, no matter what I'm taking the bungles and I'm going to go over the 47 in this one, Eddie spaghetti. How say you? 
So uh, my preseason pick, the one smart thing I said all year, maybe outside of Ohio State almost making to the championship game, um, was uh, the picking the, the Bengals. I'm not going to sway from that. I am picking the Bengals to make the Super Bowl. They're getting a point now on Caesars. Uh, the total's at 47. I think my my total will be exactly at 47. I'm probably going to go, I obviously going under in the first game. Um, I think that reversely, as I said last game, uh, the Niners defense stops Hurts from a late game score. I think this one is the reverse. First of that, I think it's going to be about two plus minutes left on the clock. I think that Joey Burrow and the Bengals are going to be down, and I think he's going to set up a late game winning field goal by Evan McPherson. And I think they're going to win this game 24 23, the Bengals. And um, I, I think the, the Patrick Mahomes ankle thing, I know a lot of people are making a big deal about the high ankle sprain, rightfully so, they should. But I, I think he'll be okay enough to play. I don't think it's going to be that much of a factor. Um, I still think what is he able to do with his arm makes up for what, you know, him scrambling here and there on his feet. And I think obviously there's no way of stopping Travis Kelsey. But I just think right now the Bengals are a more complete team. Joe Mixon being as good as he's been playing is, is huge for the Bengals. And their offensive line is supposed to be all bang up uh, backup players. They don't, they're not playing like it at all. We saw that versus the Buffalo Bills uh, defense. So, uh, you know, the, the Bengals right now are a complete team and they're going to be playing the Super Bowl again so that's my pick hard to believe that the Chiefs defense is actually better than the Bills defense but that is the fact so it'll be a a, a tougher test but still Burrow or emerge victorious and the story that has gone on for 10 months 11 months Tyreek Hill can the Chiefs survive that 14 and three they more than survived it but this is the game hear me now believe me later where Patrick Mahomes finally misses Tyreek Hill the ability especially if he's bound in the pocket because of that angle the ability to pull the emergency hatch and throw that 65 yard deep ball over the heads of all defenders to the fastest guy in football history is not going to be there and that's when it's going to emerge in the worst time possible in another title game at home against the Cincinnati Bengals all right you're exactly right Shaq I think that the Bengals can compress you know there was a point in the game it might have been even where it ended up where Kelsey had 14 catches and everyone else had 13 that's not going to happen again like you know a team has has had a week to digest <clears throat> the, <clears throat> excuse me. Go ahead. The, the kind of, uh, you know, the, the limited singularity of that chief's passing attack. Like, and, and it's right. like, you don't, you know, I mean, Smith Schuster and Valdez Scantling, two of the best hyphenates in the league, but they're not elite, you know? And, uh, and so I think the Bengals will force Mahomes to throw to those guys. You know, I, you know, Kelsey's going to get his touches, but there won't be 14 of them. And I actually like this one to go under. Hmm. I think there's I think there's some bogging down on both sides in the red zone. Um, but but I, I like the Bengals uh, uh, to win 23 uh, 20. All right. Well, we'll figure it all out. What the proper uniform matchup is for the Super Bowl on the other side of uh, title game weekend. In the meantime, hold them dear, everybody. I tell you, we only got these two, then the corporate event in Arizona after that. So enjoy these football games. We only got two of these left and then into the abyss. Um, Meantime, though, get right for all these games, for these couple of games and all the sports world by going to extrapoints.com, uh, play against us in the pick em. Good luck to you, Hench, as you come down the wire and trying to hold on in the staff pick em pool there. And uh, like I say, we'll be back after the football weekend to break it all down for you and make sense of the upcoming Super Bowl. Until then, for Kevin Hedge, Eddie Spaghetti, and everybody at the Extra Points Network, shout out once again to Jimmy Kimmel Live, everybody over there. We'll talk to you after the weekend. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>